This is the iRacers Lounge, featuring the latest iRacing news, driver interviews, race reviews, opinions, discussions, rumors, and more. Now here's Alan Fajari and Mike Ellis. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Alan Fajari. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. With me here is the usuals of Mike Ellis and Carlos Fonseca. And today we have three guests. We have Jeff Walton, Logan Clampett, and Lance Gomez Jr. Welcome, guys. Hey. Hello. Hi. All right. We have Logan's been with us before, but we have two new guests. So let me kind of start off with you, Jeff, on some of our new guest questions that we normally ask. When did you start iRacing? I believe springtime this year, um, early February. Early February. How often do you race? Um, I try to run at least three times a week, but it doesn't ever work out that way. All right. What series do you normally run? Um, NIS and the Super Late Models. Oh, that sounds like fun. Uh, do you have a, a wheel and pedals? What kind? Um, yes, I have the Logitech Driving Pro. I think it's the most basic you can get. All right. Uh, do you participate in any leagues there, Jeff? Uh, yes, Typhosi Racing. Typhosi Racing. And that and I'm assuming that's a team that you're part of, too, then, Jeff, Typhosi. Uh, yes, sir. All right. Do you have a most memorable iRacing moment that you'd like to share? Uh, my second win, uh, doing the Dallara Dash, uh, led from the green lap, green flag, all the way to the checker flag. Um, it's, I don't ever win that often, so it's pretty cool. Nice. Uh, all right. IndyCar wins are kind of hard to get. Yeah, especially the old car. All right, Lance, uh, when did you start uh, iRacing? I started iRacing in 2011 uh, after I've been hearing a lot of talk about it when I was on Xbox 360, and uh, I was playing NASCAR 09, and basically, you know, I was kind of really tired of the same old, same old uh, um, arcade-ish physics of uh, the shelf games, and so... I invested in the computer and uh, got on iRacing. All right. How often do you race there, Lance? Um, when I can, uh, I try to race uh, NIS every week and C-Fixed. Uh, that's about it. All right. Well, what type of wheel and pedals do you have? I have a Fnatic GT3 wheel with um, nice. Fnatic CR- CSR pedals. Very nice. Uh, do you have uh, multiple monitors? No, just a single one. Just a single one? Yep. Uh, do you participate in any leagues? Um, am I? Dang. Um, no, not not that I can remember. All right. Are you part of any team there, Lance? No. Just a single on your own? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> what's your most memorable iRacing moment? Most memorable iRacing moment? Um... That's tough. Um, I I know that back in 2012, when I was coming up through the ranks, I was beating a few pro drivers, and that was really memorable. And you know, I I I remember beating Ray Alfala once. That was pretty memorable. Um, yeah, I I can't put a single I, I can't put a single moment on it. I have a lot of memorable moments. Yeah, beating Ray, I think would be very memorable for me. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh let's uh talk with Logan here. Let's talk about the pro series. Logan, uh saw that you had a race on Tuesday night. Uh you wanna talk about your Phoenix race there? Um yeah, first of all, a couple of weeks ago was Texas and I got you know, I didn't qualify into the race, which was a bummer because I was as fast as Bose who got P three at Texas all week during testing and they opened but Phoenix I I made a huge comeback because I qualified twenty ninth into the race, which <laughs> I was very glad about. And then I I got up to P fourteen and I made it three wide halfway through the race and I guess Nick Furler didn't know we were three wide and uh just didn't give me any room. Uh, got pinched in between and got wrecked. There's a minute 40 of damage, then got caught up in another wreck after repairing all my damage. Then there's another 18 seconds and made a huge comeback and got P12. It's a nice run. Yeah. That, yeah so I, is I, it hard to qualify nice. into these things? Uh, you mentioned at Texas you didn't didn't qualify. Are there too many entries or what's the deal? Uh. I, at Texas, there were 45 entries and 43 make the race. I I just got, like, really, really nervous. Uh, that's all. I just got, like, my heart was pounding and my hands were shaking. So that's pretty much how I didn't make the race. I got too nervous. I tried to calm it down at Phoenix, which I kind of did. I did a little bit better. That was your first pro race, though, right, Logan? Yeah, Phoenix. Yeah, that's yeah. understandable, I would think. Yeah, well, for Texas, not qualifying is understandable. I would be awfully nervous about it, too. But uh, way to turn it around for Phoenix. Um, but let's just talk about uh, Texas a little bit. Cody, Cody Bias did win the race. Is that correct there, Logan? Yes. Yeah, okay. And uh, Phoenix, Brad Davies uh, won the race. And uh, so I, I watched the Phoenix race, and it looked like pretty ex- pretty exciting race there. One and, thing I uh, noticed was... Uh, I heard second through fifth was the same on both races. Is that right? Uh, second through fifth? Yes. Yeah, so those guys are obviously doing really good in points uh, since they, they got uh, two top fives in a row. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, it's, uh, so you got a little bit. Uh, there's one drop week, isn't that right, Logan? Yes, there's one drop week, and I use Texas, but... I believe, uh, but there's only one drop week. I know that a few guys I know who've been in pro the past few years, they they got like probably around 30th, uh, few, three races or so, and I think it was Laughlin. He got 30th, around 30th, like three times or four times and still got P12 in points, so I'm not real worried about it. I just got to keep my car clean towards the end. Yep, that's, uh, that'd be a good strategy. Keep it clean and uh, move up in the point standings. It's all about points for that well, What are you doing in the uh, now that you're in season with practice and sets? and I mean, how much time are you putting in between the races? We're putting in quite a bit of time. Uh, I mean, yeah, I tested probably Phoenix. I started, or we started, probably Thursday and topped it off on Monday, probably a couple hours a day. So I haven't been able to do like a lot of C-fixed races like I normally do or 
I did a few NIS races, though, which was pretty cool. I almost won Martinsville till something happened. I'm not going to say it, though. Well, I'll cover that later. Um, what, Logan, why don't you talk a little bit about your team, uh, your sponsor. I noticed that you got a brand new cook, uh, paint for the Pro Series. So why don't you talk a little bit about that? Uh, Yeah, I'm sponsored by, well, my main sponsors are Ascores Racing League, owned by Brian Schoenberg and J.D. Laird, and then I'm also sponsored by Bar Competition. Uh, his league hasn't been, like, going a lot, but it it's normally involved with carding and stuff. Uh, his name is George Bark, who owns it, and then finally J.D.R. Graphics, who you know, normally paints my cars, and he hasn't painted the Pro Scheme yet, and that's that's going to be released here in... Uh, in a week or so, so that'll be pretty cool. All right, we'll be looking for it. All right, let's kind of move on to the NIS. And uh, oh yeah, yeah, Lance. When we uh, we on our shows, we normally cover the, like the last two races and then the Wednesday of their of the current race. So the last ones were Martinsville and Texas. Why don't you tell us a little bit how Martinsville went for you? I do know that you had a, a decent week. Oh yeah, that that was fun. Um, the first the first week, uh, I mean, I'm I was kind of disappointed when I got put in a third split. You know, I, I got to get my eye rating up, but it was a pretty good race. I had a, a a few close incidents with a couple of people, third split, but you know, I ended up getting up, uh, getting the win on the first try. Then the second day, which was, I think was Saturday, I I got in the top split, and that was real unfortunate. Uh, got tap from behind and you know Hellfield got wrecked and um the last race second split was uh probably the hardest win of my life um it was like 40 laps to go and i think uh i forgot his name brand no i forgot his name but he was he was catching me and uh and the groove a second groove was coming in i didn't notice and it, it was just really like i was just getting really sweaty like my muscles were tensing up and like I, I just couldn't relax, and it, and I had to keep up the pace. And it's a short track; you, you don't have a lot of time to rest on the straightaways. As soon as you, as soon as you're on the straightaways, you're back in the corner again. And so, you know, that was really the hardest one in my life. Uh, just with all passing the lap cars and maintaining the same speed and stuff. So that, that was a pretty good week. Two wins, one week. Yeah, uh, Mike and I were actually in your Thursday night race, and. Uh... So we experienced that, but Logan was in just Saturday. You want to happen from? Uh, want to explain what happened from your standpoint there, Logan? Uh, yeah, I raced Saturday morning's NIS race, and I was probably gonna win it. And someone, certain a uh, certain someone, stayed out on fifty lap old tires and uh, kind of came up a lane and just turned me and wrecked all the leaders and wrecked himself. And then I ran Sunday's NIS race and. Was in P4 and Conti accidentally got into Lusa, which stacked them up, brought out the caution, and uh, with 10 to go, I decided to pit, and a lot of people stayed out, and I got ninth that race, which I got got screwed over. All right, uh, Mike, why don't you tell us about your Martinsville? Okay, uh, it was, you know, overall at the end of the day, I had two top tens, so I ended up with a result, even though it was a real tough week, but. You know, I think I was in one of those races with Gomez, and um, 
You know, I got to say, Gomez, I mean, you talk about those races like uh, you had a good result and it was a good thing, but I think you made a lot of enemies, to tell you the truth. Um, I know I was involved in an incident that you were late, you were involved in, and it seemed like a lot of the cautions you were involved in. So what do you think about that when people say that, uh, you know, during the during the sim and, you know, they say it verbally, you also see it in the forums, too. Well... Here's what I have to say about it. Um, a, a lot of people see that you know my name is being talked about because they seem I'm involved in a lot of wrecks, and they will accuse me of a wreck, even if they haven't seen the wreck themselves, and say like, "Oh, Gomez did it. Oh, you know, he wrecked the field, or he wrecked someone," and they won't even check out the replay to see whose fault it was. And so people just like to you know whatever the latest trend is, they just like to dive in and you know just like to. Just, they just like the attention. They just like to do what everyone else is doing and stuff. And I'm not going to say that I didn't cause any wrecks. But I'm not going to say that I caused all of them. You know, I, I did wreck maybe one or two people. Uh, but I'm not going to say that, you know, a lot, a lot of the stuff that I was being accused of was my fault. <clears throat> well, I can understand, you know, a lot of people, uh, you know you get this reputation almost where uh, your, your name precedes yourself and, and people, uh, you know, see that you're in their room and, and they're right. Maybe they're unfairly judging you based on your reputation, but is that a concern of you that you have that reputation as a, as somebody who's always involved in incidents or? No, I mean, I mean, why should I be worried? I mean, if they want to talk about me, then let them talk about me. I'm not really, I'm not, I'm not in iRacing to make enemies, but I'm not in iRacing to, you know, have a social club and, you know, make friends and stuff like that. At the end of the day, I'm trying to win a race. And so, you know, they don't really, unless they intentionally take me out, they don't really affect me. All right. Um, Carlos, did you uh, race Martinsville? Dinner. All right. Um, and so I just wanted to say that... Uh, um, I raced it twice and a couple of uneventful. Um, I was uh, in the Thursday race with uh, Mike and Lance there, and uh, I got caught up in uh, one of the accidents where um, I believe Lance was involved uh, where with um, Sean Butler there. And uh, basically the track was blocked and I got caught up and had my 30 minutes worth of fix, and so basically that kind of took me out of it. And then I raced the open where I got the Veloci crunch right at the beginning of the race. So there was kind of a stack up on the outside, and uh, so I uh, ran to the guy in the back, ran into the back of the guy in front of me, and then got hit in the back of the guy behind me. So kind of put me uh, in not a good position for the rest of the race, so I just kind of rode around, which was actually my better finish out of the two. But anyways, Martinsville was disappointing, but um, I'm glad that some people had some good races. And uh, so let's uh, let's let's kind of move on to Texas. Martinsville, I think, was, was a struggle for a lot of people. Some people did well. Some people struggled. But let's move on to Texas. Texas was actually a lot of fun. Um, so let's start out. Logan, did you run Texas at all? Uh, yeah, I ran uh, only, I think, only one race. And and it it went it went pretty well actually. 
I started off the race. I didn't qualify, so I just hopped in the race last second with without any practice and started 18th and worked my way up and, and got third. Nice. Yep. All right. Um, let's go to Jose. Jose, I know you, I know you like to run Texas. So how'd you do? Uh, actually, Texas was pretty fun. Uh, this, that week, uh, finished okay. I'm not well. I mean, I've, sometimes there was a couple, several times, much like Lance, I get caught up in a lot of wrecks. Um, unfortunately, I, I either cause them or I don't cause them. Either which way, I do get caught up in them. And uh, when I'm doing very well, top five, for example, that's when I tend to get into most of the incidents. Um, I guess it's due to hard racing. Um, but uh, it tends to push me back to the rear most of the time because of that. So I've been having my bad luck here and there, but not that bad in Texas. All right, Lance, how'd you do in Texas? How'd I do in Texas? Um, I did. I don't yeah, first of I all, did. you only race the fixed, right? You don't race the open? Oh, no, no. Uh, I like to race the fixed. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, how'd you do? So let's see. Uh, I'm not sure how the first race went. I'm I forgot how the first race went, but I remember the second race. Uh, so uh, I think I start. I think I started third, and I got a good jump. Got to second, and um, I I think I was leading the race for a short period of time, and then uh, Michael Dewell, somebody, Michael I think Dewell. that's his name. Yeah, yeah. I, I he. He was saying that he was going to wreck me before the race started, and lap six, I think, he just totally, I going into turn three, I just got dumped by him. And Ouch. He, yeah, he just turned, he like, he did not stop until I was in the wall. Like, he was literally on the throttle until I was like, in the wall. Like a Matt Kenseth and a Joey Logano thing? It, exactly. There was no type of accident whatsoever. Like, that was, like, he was on a mission to wreck me. And so that was pretty crappy because I actually, like, you know, when I was in testing, I actually found a good rhythm, like where I actually gained maybe like a half a tenth consistently and stuff. And so I think I had a good chance of winning that race. But, you know, actually, uh, that that is something I want to talk to you about, you know, because because of your reputation, you you know, you're kind of known a little bit. That guy has a kind of a kamikaze style um, where you you want to be up front and you're willing to do what you need to do to be up front. But I, I was watching that race, and I saw I saw Michael get what he said got tight, and basically just run up on you on in turn three and four, yeah. and and turn you. But pretty much the whole room was blaming you for that wreck. How I just was that wreck? That's yeah, that wreck. That wreck. <laughs> what? Yeah, See, this well, is the type of the stuff I'm talking about. What? Well, it's it, it's. Lance, it's part of your reputation, you know, and so that's that's where it, it kind of comes from. And, and then, so for example, I think Duel got away with one because of the fact that you were involved, and a lot of people were going, you know, hey, you know, there's Gomez Jr. again, and so, you know, how does that make you feel when when everyone is blaming you, even when it's not your fault? In in, in this case, um, it's funny. But uh, sometimes it can get annoying. Um, 
I was more so disappointed with uh, iRacing's official decision not to suspend him because I actually protested that incident where he, you know, ran, he ran into me and they said that they saw no, they saw no malice in what he did. And it's, it's crazy, to be honest with you. Uh, but as far as everyone else and stuff, you know, everyone's just going to keep on talking. You know, even if I, even if like, let's say if I was to turn over a new leaf now, you know, people would find something about me that, you know, pick on me or whatever, or, you know, say something about me. So it really doesn't matter. Well, yeah, it's true that if you were to turn over a new leaf now, people would, you know, still get on you. But eventually that would end up going away, I would assume. You know, because, oh, yeah. yeah, one of the questions I want to, since we're on this topic, one of the questions I want to ask you is that one time you did drop down to a D class, and that was all safety rating related. And, oh yeah, you know, so what do you need to do? to try to make sure that doesn't happen again. Because as you know, as D-Class, you don't qualify to run NIS races. So <laughs> what do you need to do to be able to fix that? Yeah, that that one, that incident was pretty sketchy right there when I got to D-Class. Um, it, it's pretty it's pretty tough, you know. Because um, when you run into C-Fixed races, it's kind of like a, you know, winner-take-all, you know, shootout and stuff and so people get really aggressive in those races that mm -hmm. week i actually I actually like dropped like three licenses and it was all at bristol and it was all me getting caught up in wrecks not so much me causing them but you know people you know it's, it's a one-lane racetrack and it's all up high and stuff so um i, I guess uh, qualify that that's really my problem is that i don't qualify a lot uh, if I do qualify, if I do practice before the week, the week starts, I could probably maybe avoid a lot of the wrecks. Uh, that's one way that I may be able to, you know, avoid the the drama and stuff. Yeah, but I would I would figure after maybe eight X, you would like maybe just take it easy, and maybe just look for, you know, what I'm just gonna get top five out of this deal and not get any more instant points. Yeah. You know, cause. I know one of your quotes that you have on your page is that if you're content with the top five, you don't need to be in a race car. Oh and yeah, that, yeah, that is that is from that is quoted by you. Yeah. So, so is that kind of your uh, philosophy that you take into a race that you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna try win and you know, that's just it. Um, I feel like I feel like if a person steps into a race. Don't like unless it's like you know you you have like your equipment is not up to par and you're running for a championship. That's a different story. But I'm, but you know I'm talking about like on a week to week basis, you know shootout races and stuff. If you enter a race with the mentality of saying like okay, let's just get a solid finish instead of you know looking for more ways to improve and actually try to win a race. That's that's actually the whole purpose of a race is to see who gets to the finish line first. Then I mean, like, why are you, why are you racing in the first place? I, I don't really understand that. Well, there's, I mean, for example, with the NIS, there's, there's a, the points thing. A lot of people are going for points, and you know, a lot of people are just trying to work on their I rating, you know, that type of stuff. So if they get wrecked or they wreck, um, then that doesn't help them in any of those situations. So a lot of people will settle. Like, for example, tonight at Phoenix, I'm thinking, you know what, if I finish top half, I had successful race because I'm not very good at Phoenix, and I'm fine with that. So I'm not going to go out there 
you know, crazy style and try for a win because I know, I know where my skills are. I'm not going to drive over my skills to try to get something I'm not going to get. Yeah. So, so that's just kind of my philosophy on it. But, you know, uh, you know, maybe you feel that you can win every race that you step into. So you race differently. Is that what you think? I, no, I, I definitely agree with you that, you know, no one should be driving in over their head and stuff. If, you know, if you, if you're not good at a track and all you could do is a top five, then, you know, but, you know, I feel like every, every racer truly, any true racer deeply inside of them, you know, truly wants to win a race. But, you know, if, if you can't, if, if you're not good at a track, if you, your setup's not up to par, then yeah, don't drive in over your head and wreck everybody. I, I totally agree. All right. Uh, I do want to point out at Texas that Carlos, I believe, got a second place finish. What's that? that you got a second place finish? Oh, yeah. On Saturday? Uh, it was Thursday night, I believe. Oh, Thursday night. Very good. And uh, um, uh, in the fixed thing, I really wasn't uh, very good at Texas. Uh, for some reason, turn two just kind of killed me. So uh, whenever if, if I tried pushing the car, I would end up uh, hitting that patch of ice and uh one time late in the race i ended up hitting that patch of patch of ice that kind of ruined my thursday but in the open i had a great set ran up there with some with some top guys uh on uh on friday night uh end up uh getting in a wreck with uh, jake champion who's normally a very safe driver unfortunately i got in a wreck with him and uh but and finished uh last car in lead lap mike i believe you're in that race finished uh behind me i believe yeah, I had a tough week. Uh, I mean, I had a second and a seventh at Martinsville, but uh, Texas ended up with 18th and 13th. And uh, it was tough. I've had some connection problems the last couple of weeks. And uh, getting caught up in other people's wrecks, which is really easy at Texas on the backstretch. When somebody spins off two, they come back across the track usually and uh, got caught up in one of those on Wednesday. Um but, you know, it ended up getting enough points where it wasn't a drop week, so it wasn't a, a total loss. But um, I, I have a hard time there. I hit that uh, on Sunday night. I hit the ice that you speak of and uh, late in the race and spun out myself and ruined ruined my my good finish. Yeah, and then I, I, I took the open again on Sunday morning and was able to run up front uh, near the leaders, which actually made me pretty happy. Uh, Logan and Lance, I know you guys really don't know this, but I'm more of that third, third split, second split type of driver. I normally don't get to race in top splits, and so Sunday morning I was able to race with some of the top guys, and my setup was good, and I was able to hang up there with them, and made me feel pretty good. And I got a place finish, so I've, I felt pretty good about that. Yeah, nice run. Oh, pretty cool. All right. That's a good point. That's more points than you're normally used to getting, huh? Uh, yeah, except for the couple wins I got, but yeah, <laughs> normally is. <laughs> All right, uh, Lance, I, I do got a question for you. Um, yeah, no problem. Yeah, you know when when everyone first, they join into a race, the NIS races especially, yeah. you join into the race, one of the first things you do is you look over the driver's list to see who's in your race. And I know for, like, Mike, myself, Carlos, and, you know, most everyone I know, we kind of go through a list and we go, uh-oh, he's in my race, uh-oh, he's in my race. And we could probably name about... Uh, Four or five guys, you know. Right. I, um, you know, I mean, Michael McLean, Cameron McKee. Uh, is that what his name is? Cameron. Mike, Cameron you know Key. His name. Cameron Key. Um, Joshua Justice. 
uh, you know, these are these are guys. And Lance, yourself, you're one of the ones I, I look. I hope that. So I'm actually glad you're working on your eye rating. Maybe you'd be out of my split. But <laughs> you know, there's guys that I look at going, "Oh God, you know, here, you know, you can kind of figure, okay, either, either I might end up with something or something like that." I want to know from you, who do you look at? Like, crap, I really don't want to race against him. No, nobody. Tyler um, Hudson's I, not on that list. Yeah, Tyler. Tyler's known for wrecking people, isn't he? <laughs> no, he's just hard to beat. That's all. He's I mean, I, do you have guys active. that you're like, oh, these guys are hard to beat. I'm not going to be able to beat them. Yep. Yeah. So who do, you, who do you look for, Lance? And just nobody? I, I look forward to seeing certain people, but uh, like like when I see like you know the pro drivers, like uh, Paul Cushman, I know he doesn't race on iRacing line anymore. I don't know. Um, Real Fala, Danny Hansen, Michael Connie, you know, when I see those people in the room, I say, like, okay, this is my opportunity to, you know, race them and stuff. Uh, but, so you more look at it, see, because you want to compete against the top guys. You want to kind of judge them where you are, right? Yeah, I, I want to be the best of the best. <laughs> I want right. to be everybody. <laughs> and we have one of them in here with us, Logan. Logan, who do you look at when you're looking at these guys? Who, who do you either A, want to compete with or don't want to compete, compete with? Um, normally, like, I want to compete with Ryan Luza. And I know he's really fast and stuff, and Tyler Hudson, Conti, all those all those guys that normally go up towards the front. The guys who I don't really want to compete with and that I'm kind of afraid of, uh, only a couple, and one of them is Lance Gomez Jr. <laughs> <laughs> I think he makes the top on almost everyone's list there. Sorry, yeah. Lance, but that's just the way it is. No, it's no problem. All right, uh... So let's let's a little bit talk about Phoenix here. Um, oh, great! <laughs> now we have a race tonight in a in a setup that I don't know stinks, and to me, Phoenix is just one of those places where you got three really bad danger zones. You got turn one, where um, people might be diving in on you. You got turn three, where people might be riding up on you. And Can we got, just see the whole track? Yeah, and then we got that <laughs> that that stupid apron thing, where people just—they're blind. Let's face it, they're blind. Even with the triple screen, sometimes you can't see those guys that are going way down there and stuff. So, Logan, I mean, since you raced it just Tuesday night, what's your what's your kind of strategy on Phoenix, and if you're racing the fixed setup? Um, I know I'm not going to race tonight, but. I know it's during the day, so it's going to be a little looser, but uh, just, I guess, just qualify up front and stay up front. Just normally what I do. Yeah, it's hard to pass. Yeah, yeah Lance, that's true. Lance, what's your strategy for tonight? I've never raced on this track before, uh, as far as the new, uh, until tonight, um, but I'm starting to see that cutting the track on, on and on. On that dog leg thingy, it's like you have to cut it. Like there's no choice. Like it, you know, and it's kind of stinky. Like it really stinks because it's just like this. This track is like a glorified Mario Kart track, like where you have to take the shortcut to win a race. And it's just like, what? Why? Why is the track like this? Like, I personally think that the track needs to be reconfigured. I, I think that's trash because now you, now people, you know, one thing I saw a lot in my race is that. 
uh, when people dive into the apron, they accidentally may turn it to somebody on the inside and it causes a huge wreck. And I really think that's, you know, it's sometimes it's not their fault. They have to go down there to be fast. Well, no. actually, in the A car, it's a little bit different than like the trucks of the B car. But uh, oh, really? go ahead, Carlos. No, I was just to see people. Some people take it to the extreme and cut the entire haven by going as close <laughs> to the inside wall. Yeah, uh, you can yeah. make hay down there, though. That's the point. Well, like I was saying, basically the the truck and the B car, you can definitely go down there and it's a lot easier a car it is if you're going to cut that dog leg you're talking about getting loose real quick yeah last night when we ran it uh, jose and i i didn't see a lot of people cutting down there um and the reason was that this unsettled the car so much with the a car and uh but there were people that would do it and you do it on occasion especially on a restart in the practice session earlier today there was a bunch of people trying it and they were just dumping the car, spinning out left and right. And they were like, we're just here to see if we can even get the car to do it. Yeah, I ran a uh, truck race on Tuesday at Phoenix, and the truck's much different, like you said. Uh, you can actually manhandle it down there, and, and it'll hold nice and steady. Um, so you like Lance was saying, you almost have to go down there every time, especially in the truck. Right. Well, I, I know for me, the only time I actually go down there is if I have someone on my outside, and that's because they might expect me to go down there anyway, and so they'll come down to, you know, right at that at that yellow line right before that apron, and if I'm there, then I'm going to be wrecked. So now, isn't the most awkward thing in the world when you're on the outside and that you that inside guy stays on the track? Well, I'm I'm I. Personally, yeah. I plan for it. I expect that guy to stay on the track, but I'm what I'm worried about is other people, and so I'll dive down into the, on, to the into the dog leg and on the apron just for my own safety. Oh, yeah. you guys remember last year, don't you? Little incident I had uh, with uh, Spencer E. Burns. Yep. No, yeah. because he went down to the apron and car got loose because it hit the track and you know it's pretty bumpy down there but he got real loose and comes back and wrecks everyone and never apologized for it so guess what i did i took him out with two to go yep um but uh turn three is probably my biggest worry is that if you're running on the outside and someone can't hold the inside there uh that's that's probably my, and i think that's where we're going to see Probably see most of the cautions tonight, even though coming off of four is loose. I, I am just expecting it to be pretty ugly. I do know that uh, uh, that a lot of the A uh, races were pretty pretty clean last night for the most part. Lots of long runs, but I'm not expecting that for the fixed. Anybody got any opinions? It was a mix last night of uh, short and long runs, so uh, I expect more of the same probably. Uh, depend on the split, I guess. I mean, on my split, the, the first... Hey, you were green uh, forever, weren't you? Yeah, we were green for a really, really long time. And uh, then at the end, towards the end of the race is when it got very... I wouldn't say dirty. Just uh, in uh, a lot of incidents, uh, a lot of crashes, people wrecking. I guess overdriving in the end. But it was a pretty good race. Yep, so... So anyway, um, I plan to just... Uh, Ride in the back pretty much all night and then see where I'm at with uh, 100 and basically 120 laps in. And uh, 
maybe try to hopefully still be around and still be on lead lap and have a, give it a shot for what I'm hoping for is just a top half finish. So that's my strategy for tonight. So uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the points for the NIS Open. Yeah, Chuck Sweeting still got this locked up. Almost a eleven hundred point lead over second. Ryan Michael Luza, Dylan Jones third, Travis Schaefer fourth, Jordy Lopez Jr. in fifth. Uh, Raul Alves, who we're going to mention later, he's running sixth. A uh, nice run from him. Yep, and I uh, got a teammate sitting in ninth, which is uh, Jason K. Miller. Yep. And, um, um, Mike, you're sitting there at 25th. I'm barely on the front page, the first page, uh, hanging in there in 25th. Uh, I don't know. i got to have a couple good finishes here to finish off the season. I've really struggled uh, as of late, but um trying to keep it together. All right. Then let's uh, – the NIS fixed uh, top five, or Michael Abrams. I think he has that championship sewn up. He's over 1,000 points ahead of uh, Dwayne Vincent. And uh, Matt Busa, Ari Etty, and then uh, another one of my teammates, Tyler D. Hudson. So there's your top five in the, for the overall fixed. So it uh, looks like a pretty good race there for second through fifth. Yeah, you got to remember, guys, this is the most popular series in iRacing. And uh, so I'm already so. starting to think about next season. Jose and I are, you know, been talking plans and stuff. Uh, who here is planning a, a full season run? Uh, <laughs> I I tell you what I've been thinking. Um, I've been thinking about dropping the fixed and just running the NIS Open next year. Yeah. Why? I just been disappointed in the fixed, and actually, I've been having a lot more fun. Uh, dealing with setups and, and, and working on the setups and then running the open. And to be honest with you, I feel a little bit more competitive in the open than I do the fixed. Okay. I plan on running both next year, everything, just because you get more laps on the track. It's just more time behind the wheel. Yeah, which is, uh, especially when you're first starting out like you there, Jeff, uh, most definitely. But uh, yeah, I might uh, I might just run the open. Mike, yeah, you plan on running everything again? Yeah, I'll run both of them. Uh, as as you guys know, I've, I've been tracking uh, my points and average finish and everything on open and fixed throughout the entire season. It's interesting comparing the points and the average finish between the both. They're actually almost identical. Um, but what I'm finding is there's actually more competition in the fixed than there is the open if you look at the points and how many points have been scored and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, there is uh, kind of a, uh, one question that I wanted to just kind of bring up. Mike, it's not on notes, but it's just kind of an opinion question here. Um, since it's something I saw last night, and and people just you can just answer. Um, what would you consider dive bombing in oval racing? You're two or three car lengths back, and all of a sudden you're at my quarter panel uh, as we go into a corner. 
I I think dive bombing. Um, I think dive bomb is when you try to get to someone's corner panel, uh, while they're at the corner already. I think that's. I don't know. I, I don't know, cause you know you you, you do have aggressive passes. And, and I I think you know dive bombing it shouldn't be demonized all the time. You know. I think. Logan. Yeah. Go ahead, Jeff. What's up? Just man. Go ahead, Jeff. I think dive bombing is you doing anything that makes the other person have to change what they're doing. Regardless of the situation, if someone's lined up in the turn and you're coming down on them and making them break harder or do evasive action get out of your way, I think that's wrong. That's a good Interesting. point. Uh, Logan, I'd like to get your opinion since uh, we're the black striper here. What do you, what, what do you consider dive bombing in an oval price? Um... Probably just driving it in from half a car length back. Like, at Phoenix, Alex Warren was going to pass me. He was, like, half a car length back, and he just drove it in and almost stumped me. Thankfully, I saved it. But, uh, I mean, if you're right on someone, probably, like, a quarter of a car length or something, I wouldn't count that as a dive bomb. But half a car length or so, then, yeah, I would. Well, especially more than a half of a car length. Like, if it's one, yeah. two, or three car lengths, that's a real dive bomb. At least yeah. it's not 10 to 15, like it is on road. I feel like, oh, oh, I, I was going to say, I feel like, I, it, it, I feel like it doesn't matter how many car lengths the person is behind you. I feel like if the person behind you gets to the corner before you do, I feel like it's their corner. I feel like it's a, it's a justified pass. Yep. And I th I think that if you got a if you got a quarter panel on them or where the guy can't come down on the, on the thing without hitting you, um, and you haven't shot back from car lengths back or anything like that, if you're there at the corner on his on his on his quarter panel, then I think that that is not a dive bomb. I think when you when you come back or when you drive real hard in there. To to try to to get him, you know, and he can't make the turn. Then I consider that a dive bomb. Now you talked about that it shouldn't be demonized. Is are we talking about this unwritten driver's code that they keep talking about in NASCAR? No, I I actually not talking about no type of driver's code because you you know on iRacing you know we're still we're still uh, facing the challenge of trying to have multiple uh, multiple groups, and so. You know, a, a lot of the racing is single file until someone's trying to make a pass. And, you know, sometimes the racing is just so tight that, you know, sometimes your only option is to just go in a little bit deeper than the person ahead of you. So, I mean, like, you know, that, that, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I know on the road side, it's it's sometimes you're in a position where it's, it's impossible to pass someone unless you, unless you do it. Um, and so that's the reason why I said on the oval side, because a lot of times on the oval, you can run the outside and still, you know, you can run side by side next to someone for a while. But on the roadside, it's kind of a little different story. It's it really is a race to each corner. Yeah, there. and on the oval side, there's still this driver code thing is still part of it. I I, I want to put that in there. You know, I race Lance Gomez Jr. differently than I race Clampett. Okay. And the reason is, is just that, you know, I know Lance is going to drive it in there. 
and either I'm going to drive it in just as hard or I'm going to, you know, give him room and let him go by or do something differently than I would if it was somebody else. So, you know, like Kenseth in real, real car, uh, real, real world, uh, racing here, you know, his driver code got broken. And so what did he do? He took care of it on track. And, um, I wanted to ask you guys, I'm going to kind of detour it here, but what, what do you guys think about that? I mean, if that happened in iRacing, uh, Nim Cross would have parked you, right? <laughs> yeah. But I, I feel like on iRacing that, you know, on, when you, the higher the splits you get to, the more winners there are. And so I feel like uh, since there's a lack of money, Put into racing these cars, these virtual cars, that you know people find little reasons to wreck you, and so like you come up. I feel like there's a lack of quintessential racing and i racing. I feel like you know the like I I really don't understand these like these philosophies. This is my personal opinion. I don't understand these philosophies like you pinch you pay or you block you pay. Like th- these are these are strategies that are taken in real life and done in real life. Now, if you do it excessively, okay, I understand. Like if you abuse the other guy, I mean, you got a bumper, you know, use him up. But I just feel like just and like I feel like the people on iRacing just find any if you race them too hard for like one lap, they they feel like they have the right to slide up on you, and wreck you, and end your day and stuff. I feel like you can't race people hard, you know, on iRacing too much about them getting upset. That's an interesting take because, you know, I, I kind of feel like there should be this driver's code, and you're saying there really isn't one because nobody has any real real skin in the game. Well, there's no consequences, really, right. except for a suspension, but that's rare. It, it is rare. And, Lance, that is a question I do got for you. Were you banned for six months at one time? Banned for six months? No, I was actually banned for a year. <laughs> So, so, can you talk about it? Can you talk about why? And oh, I will, I will gladly talk about it. All right, all right. So, all right. So we're all right. So we're in a NASCAR iRacing series fixed. Uh, New Hampshire. Me and Aleski Aloma. Uh, we're racing really hard. Uh, we're rubbing on each other. It's really tight. Then there's a caution with 16 laps to go, and I pit when I pit and get right side tires, and uh, I'm basically in a perfect position to win the race because the first five people haven't pitted, and like they're really on old tires, and you know I'm really set to win this race. And so at New Hampshire, when the pace car pulls in, there's a certain line, like the restart zone, like when the leader usually crosses that line, it automatically goes green. And so I was saying, like, you know, I really have to nail this if I want to get my first NASCAR Aries and Series win. And so I'm behind Aleski Loma and stuff, and uh, the leader hits the line, the restart line, but the race didn't go green. And so I punched it. I thought the race was going to go green, but it didn't. I punched it. I hit his, I hit his car, and my car kind of morphed into his car, and that caused him to turn to the person outside. It caused like a ten car wreck. And uh, them, he he was basically saying like you know, I I've been protested a lot, and he was tired of you know seeing the protests and stuff like that coming up on this thing and stuff. So he banned me for a year and stuff. Years a long time. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It is. Uh, and, and let me ask: Do you do anything differently because of that ban? Or, I mean, or is you still the same racer you were before, or what? Um, 
Uh, I, I really... I, one thing I learned from that situation is not to assume. Um, and I don't have a crew chief this time. You know, I, Eric Eisenberg used to be my crew chief. He was awesome. Uh, but uh, he's not there anymore, fortunately. But, it, you know, it gave me a chance to uh, work on myself with real-life racing, you know, trying to work on that, too. Okay, and, and we'll get to that in uh, in a minute here. Um, so... So what happened was is that um, you got banned for basically because you you thought something was going to go green, you punched it and didn't go green, and yeah, and and end up causing a huge huge wreck. Yeah, is that, is that correct? Yeah, and and but since you've been protested several times, they decided to ban you for a year. Yeah, it was kind of like a a number of incidents and stuff like that. Like it, it wasn't. Oh, it wasn't because I got protested multiple times on that incident, but it's just like, okay, over the span, like, I just been protested, protested, protested. I guess uh, maybe Nem got tired of seeing that, and so he protested me. I mean, he suspended me here, I guess. Okay. If I were to ask you, who do you think has the most incidents per race in the NIS fix this year, who do you think Mike? it would be? I think it would be Lance Gomez. I think it would be Lance Gomez Jr., um... Yeah, <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Lance, you're second. Oh, <laughs> Fred Masters is first. <laughs> so, oh wow! But yes, you are averaging over ten incidents per start. Yeah, yeah. I, I would be number one if I did the same amount of races as him. Um, that's per start. I, I said so. Yeah, oh. I actually, kind of looked at it just per start on on who has the most so oh. i figured that in in already but uh so but you will admit that you you do kind of cause some stuff i i'll admit that i'm in wrecks yeah and I, you know once in a while I, I will cause wrecks but the thing is is that what people don't understand is that i make the same mistakes as the person in the back of the field does but because I'm in front of the I'm in front of the pack and I'm racing for a top five or a win, people look at my look at my doings a little bit harder and under a microscope. But the thing is that if you used to focus your attention to someone in the bottom half of the field and look at the mistakes they make and the wrecks they cause, it's the same amount as me. But you know, it, it, I don't know, it's whatever. All right. Um, so, anyways, let's talk a little bit about. Uh, PJ Sturgis. Uh, Mike, uh, you saw this on the forums. Go ahead and why don't you talk about it. Yeah, um, apparently this guy, uh, PJ Sturgios, Sturgis. he's the second person in iRacing history to get the Alien Award. And the Alien Award is win official races with every car. You must score championship points to qualify. This award may not be earned while participating in a team event. So, wow, I didn't even know there was such an award, and I just thought it was a kind of a, a neat thing and uh, to mention uh, PJ. Yeah, who was, who was the first? His brother? You know, it didn't say on the, on the forum post. So I, I don't know how to look that up either. So, Yeah, his, his brother's a good driver in both, in both Oval and Road 2. So, uh, yeah, congratulations, PJ. Uh, it's a... Uh, it's a heck of a award. What was uh, Kyle Young going for? He was going for a win at every track when we talked to him. 
Yeah, which is kind of similar, but this is a win in every car. Yeah, which would trigger me be pretty tough to do. All right, and uh, so let's move on to that $10,000 per side apex racing. Of, well, Goma, uh, as you were saying there before, uh, there's not a lot of money in sim racing, but uh, this says otherwise. I saw on Facebook this uh, BSRTC Pro Series Showdown is uh, beginning. Uh, 40 drivers are competing for ten grand. So wow. uh, It's on Apex Racing TV on YouTube. Uh, iRacing.com is carrying it as well. Uh, as you've seen, iRacing has been carrying a lot of races, but uh, this is one of those series. But, man, where does the money come from? That's great that they got a sponsor. Well, uh, yeah, it might be part sponsor, part pay-to-play type of thing, you know. So, I know I personally went to put up uh, any big money to, to race in a league, you know. But uh, anyway, ten thousand dollars—that's a—that's a lot of money. That's uh, how much you win for uh, winning the peak. So that's a, that's a lot of money. Yeah, get out there and get at it. Uh, there's money out there to be had if you want it, I guess. Yep. Oh yeah. yeah. And uh, we had our third week of the Blanc Lane Endurance Series at, uh, boy, Circuit Zolder. Zolder. Yep. And uh, I don't, I, Mike, I can't really see the standings by team. Do you happen to have that? Yeah. And uh, guess who's leading? It's, uh, it's Hutu, the Racer right? Kowanda Sim Sport. And uh, who's on that team? Uh, that would be all the alien guys. Uh, Oh, that one. So that wouldn't be Hutu's team. Hutu, yeah, like Gregor Hutu. Isn't he on the red line, or is that? Oh, yeah, different team. That uh, William Levesque, right? Must be on there. And uh, so I I got the individual standing. So it's William Levesque, Gregor Hutu, Enzo Benito, Jake Sturgis, and Klaus Clivius. I'm sorry, I can't pronounce that, even though you're from my home country of Finland. So that's the top five. I, I'm too bad I can't see the teams there. Uh, do you happen to have five, top five teams? I do. Okay. I think. Can you read them off? I know that you like... don't see a one-up motorsports on there. I know that much. <laughs> We're down in, what, the 500s? I have no idea. <laughs> Anyways, you see that for racer, whatever, SimSport, the one that was leading, uh, I believe, Team Unbelievable, Bitspeed Endurance, and uh, NX Racing Blue, I believe. All right. That's something like that, top five. And uh, so, Mike, you also have a thing out here about winning, a chance to win an Ubering here on iRacing. What is that chance? Yeah, it's one of these contests. Uh, if you follow on Twitter, iRacing, uh, once a day, they've been uh, putting out a tweet about mid-morning. And if you retweet it, you have a chance of winning basically $30 on iRacing credit. They're going to pick a guy randomly each day from the retweets. But they also are posting a picture of a corner of the Nürburgring. And if you guess what, if you're the first one to guess which corner, you also win $30 credit. That way you can buy the, the, the track, uh, you know, when it comes out. And it's going to cost $30, basically. Wow. But it's two tracks that are basically combined. So uh, it's going to be a $30 fee if you want the whole thing. Right. But you can buy either one. But, yeah, if you want a chance to race the whole thing, yeah, then you're going to have to buy, buy them both. So, yeah, so get, out, I know get I on the Twitter over there. 
I know it's going to cost a lot of money. <laughs> I mean, um, it's going to take up a lot of space on your computer. Yeah, it's a lot of work, though, to put into it, and I understand the reason why they're doing what they're doing. It's a lot of work. Uh, Mike, you want to talk about the new McLaren F1 car? Yeah, there was an announcement on the forums by Steve Myers from iRacing uh, about the uh, McLaren Honda F1 2015 car, and he basically says the car's coming along greatly, uh, McLaren has provided us a ton of data, and we've engineered some new goodies specifically for this car. And basically, you know, he says that they're shooting to have it in the December build. So, uh, going to have a nice update for those road racers. Yeah, for the guys that enjoy the F1. So, yeah. I'm sure I'll be uh, getting it for the Road Warrior next year. You know, and some of the people on the forum were talking about, well, the McLaren Honda is a dog this year. Well, that doesn't matter because in iRacing, you're all going to be in the McLaren Honda. Yep. So what's the what's the top car of the Mercedes? Is that what the top yeah. F1 drivers are doing? Mercedes, yeah. yeah, right now. Yeah, so, but it, I'm sure it'd be fun, just like the Williams F, you know, uh, F1 car is right now. So we'll see. And... Uh, iRacing doing some network upgrades here coming up? Yeah, we next Thursday, early in the morning, uh, they're going to be down for four hours for network upgrades, whatever that means. All right. And uh, let's see. Let's uh, skip over the next one. Let's just go down to... Uh, Mike has down here that we always see these posts about Spotter and Crew Chief wanted... And you see this everywhere on the forums where people are asking for spotter and crew chiefs. Um, and so what's your opinion on that? Would you be a spotter or crew chief for one of these guys that are asking for it? I, I would. I mean, I, I've done spotting before just to try it out. I think I'm really good at to be like TJ Majors. I actually listen to him every week for like the last three years whenever there's a race. And uh, I think I'm really good at it, actually. Hell, you um, sound like a spotter when we're in the NIS. But the, the problem is, is if there's a race, I need to, I want to race. You know, I want to try to win. I, I'm a racer. I don't want to spot if I can race, you know. And so it's kind of this catch-22. Uh, Jose and I were talking about this last night. Man, it'd be cool if we had a spotter and a crew chief, but how do you recruit people that know about racing and know about everything but don't want to race? Uh, you could probably get some people from, like, maybe with low licenses and can't race in a series. Can they still spot if they don't have, the, like, a C-class license? I don't know. Yeah, as long as they got the car in the track. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they should be able to spot. Um, I know, uh, one of our friends, Jay Heisman, he has a spotter that, uh, always works with him. So, uh, luckily he found him, <laughs> found someone. I try to get my son to do it. He won't do it. <laughs> yeah, I'll spot when I'm not doing anything. If I had you, like, even though I wasn't using the spot function, I, like I did for you, Alan, at Indy, in the Indy 500. Right. I was just looking out for Rex ahead. Yeah, it's... <laughs> You know, it's a, it's kind of a tough deal. I mean, I'm part of a team, and, you know, for, like, for example, when Tyler runs the peak, he's got spotter, crew chief, and all this stuff that are all part of the team, and you can you can definitely understand that. 
but when we're like doing the NIS, basically we're all doing the NIS or, or the other guys are just not even on, you know? And so, you know, we're not necessarily going to have that. I mean, if someone's bored or something like that, they might come in and spectate and, and watch out for Rex for you or something like that, but no one's really, or they might give you advice on something that, you know, Hey, should I take tires here? No fuel or whatever it is, you know, what should I change in the car to be able to do this? But otherwise, uh, you know, even a team environment, it's kind of even kind of hard, you know? Yeah, because we all want to race, you know? Right. And it's what, funny what are you doing, uh, Logan, uh, in your series? Uh, Logan had to drop out. Wow. But Logan definitely has, a, in the pro series, he has a spotter in the crew chief. You know, he's got a team uh, around him. It's just like the peak, you know, so everyone's around him. And they're all working on it. Uh, Lance, do you have anybody or are you just a soul out there? I fly solo all the way. I, I don't have a team, no spotter, nothing. I just race. <laughs> yeah, yep. one thing I did notice about a lot of the guys that are asking for this, they got really low high ratings. <laughs> Have you noticed that, Mike? Yeah, and it scares me. It's like, uh, do they know racing enough or even how to spot? You know, and yeah, I, I, I'm a little leery of the whole thing. And, and I wouldn't mind a teammate doing it, but like I said, everybody wants to race. So, Yep. All right. Uh, I did want to mention uh, Raul Elvis and his stream that he has going on. It's at The, the Amazing Elvis. Um, he uh, streams uh, basically top split NIS races, and uh, uh, it's kind of fun to watch. I was actually in his last uh, Sunday uh, morning at Texas race, and so it was, it was kind of fun, and, and it's always interesting if they mention you. And uh, But he does have a car picture on top that kind of shrinks up the screen. I wish he would get rid of that, so... Uh, so, Raul, if you're uh, listening to this, uh, get rid of that car picture. <laughs> you would have a pretty decent stream there. Um, but I wanted to mention his because uh, I enjoy watching it. Um, but uh, one of the questions I think I got for everyone is that the end of the NIS season's kind of coming up here. So what are people's plans for the offseason? Well, league racing. On I racing or just overall? Uh, in I racing. Just, you know, I racing. Um, I don't know. Maybe uh, catch up on uh, road eye reading. I, I I love road, but I just, I don't know the times that the races start and stuff. So, and, and you know, a lot of the uh, the races are not fixed. It's really hard to, you know. Yeah, that's true. They are not fixed. Yeah. Uh, there's only a few of them. I think Cadillac is one. Um. Uh, the regular Mazda, wasn't it? Uh, no, the, the, Mazda, the rookies, no, the Ma- it? Yeah, the Mazda isn't, isn't. Yeah, well, yeah, the rookie one you can run. Oh, yeah. You can always run that, and so you can run that. And then also a rough cup, I believe, is fixed. Rough cup is fixed. Yeah. You sure? Ooh. Yeah. All right. Wow. Yep. So I think that I think that's it for the the fixed. But uh, but even you know. Even though I think they ruined the McLaren this this season, it's, to me it's just totally ruined. Um, I still enjoy making setups and and that type of stuff for even the road cars, but uh, I think when I race some GT3 races, I am not going to be running the McLaren until they fix that dang car. It used to be good. <laughs> it used to be fun. Now it's not. So, uh, Mike, you said league. Uh, yeah, winter fixed league. 
sponsored by Baker Racing. Uh, we'll be running that on Mondays and Thursdays, it looks like, and maybe Saturdays. Uh, other than that, uh, might just do pickup races uh, and stuff like that and find stuff and host it. Not going to run any oval series or road series? No, you know, I'm pretty pure to the NIS as far as official racing. Uh, I like my I rating to be by series. So uh, I probably won't be touching any of the official stuff. All right. Jose, what do you plan to do over the off season? Well, besides, of course, the winter fix series and uh, the other series you have going on, um, I might run a road course series uh, during the off season to try to increase my I rating in the road course. Uh, I don't really concentrate much on that. I might want to do that this time. All right. Jeff, what are you going to run? Um, not sure. Uh, I want to get the my road course up and uh, try to find a league that in the wintertime will actually challenge me to where I can follow other people's lines and try to learn. All right, and Carlos? Well, if I ever stop being lazy, I could run the IMSA. Obviously, Star Mazda, all the usual series I've still been running all this year. Just going to continue that and hopefully get I-Ring out of it instead of flipping over or getting wrecked or I don't know. All right. And Lance, you mentioned you're going to try to work on your road I-Ring? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to try to work on that and um, you know, just get more involved in the road. I, I think I have some potential in road, too. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, you, you're a fast driver, Lance. There's no doubt about it. Oh, so thank it normally, you. <laughs> normally goes over. Um, yeah, my plan basically is uh, I'm going to do the the Winter League, which is our Baker Racing Winter uh, Winter Cup Series, which runs on Monday, or uh, our Winter Xfinity that runs on Thursday, and our Winter GT3 that runs on Saturday. So I'm going to do all those. And then I'm also going to run the A Opens. I'm going to run the A Opens on Friday nights. So I am going to continue running some mobiles. Uh, just to... To just to continue working on the setups all the way through the winter and all the way through the different builds and that type of stuff. And, uh, you know, as a team, I think we want to continue doing that just so we don't, uh, you know, lose anything. And so um, I'm personally going to run the open. And then I think, you know, I've been looking at different road series and trying to figure out do I want to run one and or or just jump around or whatever it is. Uh, one thing that kind of piqued my interest was the V8 supercars. So uh, that kind of, you know, that kind of made me think, well, maybe it might be kind of fun doing that. And I think I can do that later, uh, later on the nights on Fridays, I think, when they're when they actually have a large SOFs and they split and that type of stuff, since the Australians are the mostly the guys that run that thing. So I was actually kind of piqued my interest there. But I think I'm kind of done with uh, the regular GT3 series, the regular GT1. Um, you know, <laughs> they're just... They're just messes anyway. So, I, I, you know, it's kind of a toss-up, but I'm actually looking forward to uh, this offseason. I think it's going to be one of the, the better ones I think I've, I've had personally will have. All right. All right. Like and go ahead, Lance. Uh, do you like how the VA Supercar drives? No. <laughs> yeah, me neither. <laughs> so... But it's a challenge. It's a very much challenging. Uh, me and Jay Hushman, we ran in that Bathurst 1000 race. and uh, Didn't you wreck right away? Well, it wasn't exactly right away, but <laughs> I wrecked in my, my stint, yes. But um, 
but it was it was it was a fun car and as long as you can get it to be drivable it's 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 kind of fun and so you know one thing i'm not worried about is i'm not worried about my, my road i rating to me you know i you know i i reached that goal of over 2000 one time and i'm like okay that's it you know so i'm not too worried about that and so i, I might just go out there and do that or maybe i'll run skip barbers and just have fun in the the skips so i still say you're missing out on star mazdas yeah yeah is it still really bad on the first lap depends on the setup <laughs> all right because that's that's how i remember it's just really really bad oh um, it's not as bad as it used to be but it's depending on how your setup is though if you're using like a baseline setup and make it yourself it should be fine all right mike you ready for final thoughts uh i got a couple quick things on hardware right. okay uh first up Calvin Nig, I think is how you say it, uh, posted in the forums his uh, two by four racing rig design plans. Uh, so you can make a rig out of two by four wood. And uh, if you search the forums two by four racing rig design plans, you'll find that. There's pictures, uh, there's a PDF, there's sketches, and everything you, you need to recreate what he's done. Uh, really nice looking rig uh, for probably pretty low cost. Uh, the other thing is I re redid my cockpit a little bit, uh, rearranged. I put the pictures on Facebook on Tafosi Racing if you want to see, but finally got the computer up in the air above the pedals and was able to put the cockpit closer to the wall. Uh, really enjoying that setup. Uh, moved that monitor, fourth monitor up off the floor and got it up above now and uh, really liking it. So uh, just kind of condensing my uh, space a little bit and you know what it looks like you poured some money into your rig well not recently but uh well the pedals are still kind of recent but yeah the it, pedals it, it really looks like you got yourself one hell of a setup compared to my uh desktop desktop <laughs> well you better get chopping then no i don't think so <laughs> uh yeah you got to have good good equipment i think uh to, if you really like this uh the sim and you do it as often as we do uh, i i really enjoy my pedals and they really make a difference at some of these places like martinsville and phoenix and i can find that place in the brakes where it just wants to lock but it doesn't and it's just perfect you know so i i love it yeah yeah i i know how, how you feel when i got the new wheel it made a big difference for me just on the feel so if i but my pedals i think are pretty decent though so I don't know. Uh, all right, so I'll finish off. Uh, okay. Final thoughts. Uh, for my final thought. I'm just doing it a shout out to old Chewy Side 55, Carlos Fonseca. And it went out. Just a shout, shout out, to you, out dude. Uh, you know, you're the technical director here at iRacers Lounge, and I wanted to make sure everybody, all our listeners, knew uh, what role you play. And basically, you're recording all of this audio. You're doing the live Twitch at the same time. You're editing the 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 MP3 afterwards. Uh, and and then I'm going distribute it, but uh, you're really doing all the behind behind the scenes work. And with over four thousand downloads now, I, I just want to say that you're a big part of our success, uh, Carlos. And and wanted to take a moment and say thanks. All righty then. All right. All right, uh, Carlos. Final thought. Yeah, I don't know nothing. All right, Jeff. Got anything? No, thanks for having me on. Hey, no problem. Jose, you got a final thought? 
Uh, no, not really. All right, Lance, this is where normally where we kind of just uh, give our final <laughs> opinions on whatever we talked about or whatever. So you got any final thoughts for the show? Uh, nope, I'm good. All right. Uh, my final thought is actually more directed towards Lance. Uh, Lance, I think you're a real fast driver, and I think you know it. And uh, one thing I do wish is that you would take it a little bit more easy, uh, especially around cars. I, I I would think that you would be one of the known as one of the tops. I know your I rating was really high up at one point, and so, and then you kind of drop down. And I I do think that if you took it more easy, um, that I think you would have a lot of success, and people would stop. Uh, doing the forum post and yelling at you during iRacing racing chat and 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 that type of stuff. So um, it it's just uh, from an old man to a young guy, a uh, little piece of uh, just uh, ad- advice on that. Just for I think you would enjoy the sim more if people weren't ranting on you. You know that's just my opinion on that. And uh, um, and then that way too, you could, if someone wrecked you, then they would be blamed and not necessarily you anymore too. <laughs> <laughs> so uh that's just uh you can you can respond to that if you want to but uh that's my final thought uh no no i ain't got nothing to say all right but i, but I appreciate the you know well thoughts and stuff like that and advice yep but uh anyway uh, uh you're always welcome to come on and uh give us uh, your opinion on any subject uh that you might have out there um, all right thank you Yep. So you know, people people will say stuff and whatever. And if you want to come in and defend yourself or doing whatever, um, then uh, then go ahead. So anyway, I think that would be it for the show. Thank you all for uh, for listening. Thank you. See you. All right. Thanks for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on YouTube, follow on Twitter and Facebook, and SoundCloud. See you on the track.